0: And welcome back to another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a podcast where Dan DelZell and myself, Son Edom, talk about the various issues that are going on in this world, and we look at them through a biblical perspective, which is often a perspective that a lot of people might not approach issues of the world, whether it be politics, pop culture, uh, religion, sports maybe even. And so we're glad to have you along here for this uh Edition of Sanctified Reason, and Dan, you know the last couple of times we've gotten together and talked, um, we've kind of been focusing on salvation and then salvation versus works, and can works, you know, um, save you or are we save through salvation alone? When does justification mm-hmm. actually take place? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so we've been having this dialogue, and and it's been based off some articles you've written for the Christian Post. And it's also been, you know, we had Reformation Sunday, and so Martin Luther on that day, you know, tacked 95 things on the church that he disagreed with, and so that kind of started a, a new branch, let's say, of, of, uh, of, of, of the Christian religion, Protestantism. And so we were comparing some Catholicism stuff to, to Protestantism and talked about what if Martin Luther and the Catholic Church actually agreed on some of these things and came to an understanding instead of just being completely separate. And so, um, so we've been kind of been going down this path of salvation versus works. And the fascinating thing is that most Bible believing Christians, a lot of people call themselves Christians, but maybe they're not Bible believing or they're not Bible based. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. But a lot of Christians would think, at least in the old days, that Jesus was the only way to salvation. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. The Bible also talks about you know, works. For by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourselves, a gift of God, not as a result of works. And yet we're starting to find out more and more as these studies come out and these surveys and these polls that more and more so-called Christians that identify as Christians believe that Jesus isn't the only way, that there's other ways to get to heaven, despite what the Bible says, and that works can get you into heaven, that you have to do works. And there's some confusion sometimes in even the Christian church between works, you know, versus salvation, versus you're saved, but then you have works because you have good faith, if that makes sense. And so I thought we could kind of talk about that, you know. Today, as we further the conversation based on, you know, a passage in James two twenty-four that you had brought up in, in a writing of yours, which says, You see a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. And when we talk our conversations before and you see that verse, kind of might make somebody think, hmm, where does this whole faith and works thing? come together and what is this single verse standing out in James how does that affect things
1: mm-hmm. yes yeah, son. I you know it's just amazing to me how this very issue has been um, really at the center of so many Christian teachings, discussions, uh, I mean, the, the New Testament epistles that, that were written, especially by the Apostle Paul, that, that dealt specifically with this issue, because it is so critical to understanding Christianity. It's so critical to being um, connected to God. Um, and what we have to remember, Son, and, and we all tend to forget this, um, we have to remember, just like the name of your podcast, Sanctified Reason, um, we don't have uh, a sanctified understanding. We don't have sanctified reason. We don't have a spiritual understanding apart from the Holy Spirit when it comes to just basic things like who is God and um, how can I be accepted by God and how can I go to heaven and how can I know that I'm going to go, go to heaven? You know, these basic questions that that, the people wrestle with all over the world and they have been wrestling with for, you know, thousands of years. um, The answers to these are found in scripture. And you mentioned the reformation, you know, 500 years ago, which was largely uh, about um, focusing on the scriptures, believing what the Bible says. And then of course, um, focusing Heavily on the fact that we are justified before God by faith, and through faith um, that God's grace is given to us, and that salvation is a free gift. And you would think that that concept would be so popular um, with, with with people in the world that that it would just be, you know, it, w- it would head every news broadcast. Uh, I mean, especially when we see things like people dying from COVID, uh, when we see, um, you know, I just saw a story today. There was, a, I believe, a 62-year-old man just walking in midtown Manhattan early maybe this morning or yesterday morning, I think 5.30 in the morning. So, you know, a lot of people out and about going to work, you know, by then, of course. But just this this group of thugs, just somebody hit him with a baseball bat and a bunch of others, like, slashed him with knives. I mean – You know, we we live in a world where things like that happen. That just, you know, we we say, how in the world could that happen? Um, Well, it just shows you how far we have fallen from the way God had created us and how far our mind has gone. Uh, away from understanding God. So as we talk today in this podcast, it'll be, it'll be great to be able to just celebrate and focus on the gospel. And, and the reason I wrote that article about James um, and, and with, with the question, the title of the article, does the book of James promote salvation by works? Uh, it'll be terrific to talk about that today because, um, you know, the book of James, uh, if you don't read it, in the context of, of the entire New Testament, um, if you just cherry pick a verse like like the one that I highlighted, the one you just read there, James 2.24, if you cherry pick that one verse um, and you try to create uh, a doctrine out of it that man can be saved by his works, it would be very similar, Son, to let's say that a, uh, a young woman wrote her fiancé a 276-page a, a letter expressing her love and, and just her unconditional uh, appreciation and love for, for her fiance, 500 words per page. So 138,000 words, which is how many words are in the Greek new Testament. Of course, you know, we, we, we read, you know, most of us, the, the English translations, of course, but it, but it, it, it um, comes from the original uh, Greek in, in the new Testament and so 138,000 words. So there are hundreds of passages signed which make it very clear that salvation is a free gift that Jesus earned for us by his death on the cross. And that when man repents of his sin and accepts Christ as Savior and believes the good news, he's forgiven on the front end of his relationship with God. And so the word justified, he's justified, he's redeemed, he's born again, he's saved, he's, he's forgiven. And And yet there's, that one verse in James, it says, well, no, uh, you know, we see that a man isn't just justified by faith alone. Um, and so we can talk about that today, but it would be like sign in that letter from the, from the young woman to the man. If if she had, you know, all these expressions of love, 138,000 words in a 276 page letter, but let's say there was one sentence in there that seemed to be saying just the opposite of what all the other pages, you know, all the other words were saying. Well, you would have to interpret that in light of everything. You can't just cherry pick a verse. You, you can't just pull out one verse and try and create your own doctrine if it's not consistent with the whole thing. And that's the way the Bible has to be interpreted. And and, and the reason I wrote the article is because um, there are people who cherry pick that verse. and And they don't focus on the hundreds of verses that make it very clear that we're justified, uh, you know, by faith. And I I referred to quite a few of those verses um, in the article. Um, But but yeah, so it's but it's something that's been going on. I mean, Paul was dealing with it in the early church. Uh, The book of Galatians was written um, uh, because they were trying to be justified. Uh, They were trying to add circumcision and say you have to do this or you're not saved. It'd be like, if, let's say you have a Pentecostal, and there are some, you know, French Pentecostal groups today that say you have to speak in tongues or you're not saved. Well, that's not the gospel. That's legalism. Um, you know, back in Paul's day, you have to be circumcised, uh, circumcised or you're not saved. That, that's not the gospel. So, so James is a wonderful book, as are, you know, all 66 books of the Bible, all 27 books of the New Testament, of which James is one. Um, James is a wonderful book, but it has to be interpreted in light of all of the New Testament, all of God's love letter, all of the Bible. And when you do that, all of a sudden you see, well, I guess this isn't really a problem after all, uh, especially when you see the point that James is trying to hit there. And I know we'll get into that today. But yeah, so it's it's just a, it's a topic song uh, around which um, so many religions are, 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 they they develop on, on their view on this issue and, and, and religions, you know um, there's only one religion uh, that's a religion of done, you know, Jesus, what he's done for us is what saves us. Uh, You know, all the other religions are religions of do, do this, do that to be um, right with God, to be accepted by God. So there really is no more important issue doctrinally then this, I mean, of course, I mean, the nature of God would be, you know, right up there. You got to have that one, right? You got to, you know, uh, if you, if you reject that God is three persons and one God, well, that's a problem. You're not going to have the Holy Spirit working in your, you know, in your teaching if you do that. But the gospel is right there along with it. I mean, the nature of God. Um, that, that Jesus is is fully God and fully man, uh, along with the Father and the Holy Spirit and, and the gospel. So, yeah, this will be a great, uh, a great ride today as we kind of hop on this gospel train. And, and uh, it's always fun when you and I, um, you know, get to talk about, um, you know, the gospel, which we often do, because um, God's given us sanctified reason to understand it. And he wants us to talk about it and to spread it.
0: You know, Dan, you talk about cherry picking a verse and that's what society does. I mean, whether it's politics, whether it's religion, whether it's sports, I mean, I'll turn to some uh, Christian websites and there's always somebody out there, whether it's a sports figure or maybe a story on a sporting event or some sort of, you know, music concert or celebrity, and they pick like one verse, And that's what they focus on. And oftentimes, it's taken out of context, really, when you think about it. Um, And so when it comes to more of the, and that's just, you know, people, I guess, throwing things out there for whatever reason. You know, the celebrity might thank God for the touchdown, and he might quote a verse. But does he really believe? We don't know. But, you know, certain websites will run with that and say so-and-so athlete credits God for game-scoring touchdown." Um, and so then everybody thinks, oh, he must be a Christian because he quoted a verse. Well, that may or may not be the case, but you know that's what we see a lot of times. So people will cherry pick those individual verses. Um, you know, in politics, we see when people are back and forth with abortion issues or LGBT issues. You know, both sides cherry picking verses as to why the Bible supports them, or they cherry pick verses as to say why Jesus would be pro this, anti that, and all this different stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But when it comes down to actual theology, you know, cherry picking a verse can be very dangerous. For example, like in this case, you know, um, when you talk about James two twenty four, and I um, mm-hmm. have what I like to refer to as the King James version because it just is um, a little bit more um, poetic when it talks mm-hmm. in language, English language. So it says, ye see then how that by works a man is justified mm-hmm. and not by faith only. So that could be very confusing, sure. But then you go you go two verses later in verse twenty six, according to King James, and I like it again. For as the body without spirit is dead, faith without works is dead. So so the 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 point is is that Mm -hmm. as soon as we accept Jesus, we're justified and saved. But if that Salvation or faith isn't producing works, yes, then perhaps we weren't sincere in our accepting Jesus and our repentance, and therefore a justification might not be real
1: you know son and and another way to say that and this is what you know this is what kind of the illustration martin luther used and and I've used this even in the article i, I or maybe it was a previous uh recent article I made this uh illustration again, but you know, apple trees produce apples. You know, if they don't, then, you know, it's, it's dead. Then the tree is dead. Um, uh, believers in Jesus, um, you know, have good works um because they have Jesus in them you know and 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 the the amount of of goodness that comes through them um will certainly depend in part on how often each christian is saying no to um the sinful desires that will also be be present um when, when we say no to those things um, then there's much more good that comes through us. But but every believer in Jesus produces good fruit. Um, and 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 to go to your point there, son, you know if a person isn't producing good fruit, you know then that is a problem. I mean Jesus said by their fruit you will recognize them. Now, that doesn't mean that you and I uh, and the the people are going to always be able to tell if someone else is a Christian. I mean, maybe maybe they saw them on their worst day or maybe they saw them when they just, you know, were really, you know, giving into the flesh. Um, But but there's a pattern in the life of a believer, Son. And and this pattern is um, that the Christian wants to do God's will and feels convicted of their sin when they, you know, when they sin. And 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 so that's just part and parcel of having the Holy Spirit living within you, which happens at conversion um, when you are born again, saved, redeemed, justified, and forgiven. Um, you know, the Bible lays it out beautifully, son, and I, I like to compare it to um, like the foundation of, of a home, a concrete foundation. That's justification. And that happens at conversion. That happens when you trust Jesus, um, when you believe in Jesus. Um, You know, I I just wrote an article and who knows, maybe we'll end up talking about it next week, but uh, it's going to actually post. I heard today uh, on the Christian post on Sunday. And, And this article is how redefining faith uh, prevents people from knowing Christ. Uh, we won't get into that today but but you know um what what we are talking about today son is is very similar and that is um James you know pe- people will pull this verse out of James and, and they'll try to say well look you know your works um your your works also contribute you know to your salvation. And and this is very very dangerous because what people are saying then son is this. What they're saying is then the foundation for your salvation, um, the concrete, let's say, of that, of that foundation, that, 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 you know, maybe what, what Jesus did is, uh, you know, does part of it. And what you do, uh, I suppose, they, they would say add some other concrete to it. Well, that's all wrong. That's all wrong. Um, there is only one foundation that is laid uh, for a person to be a Christian, and that's Jesus Christ in a person's life. And that happens by faith no works you know in fact what we could compare it to son, and this is why jesus talked about a person being born again we could we could compare it to when you and i any of the listeners anyone uh, after being formed by god in our mother's womb when we were born so what did we contribute to that what did you and i contribute to our uh, birth from our mother's uh, womb when we were born what did we contribute to that well um that's starting to give us an idea of just the miracle of spiritual birth because the miracle of spiritual birth, like physical birth, it's something that God brings about. Now, in the case of spiritual birth, um, the Holy Spirit produces repentance and faith. And repentance is a change of mind where, um, Hey, I want to, I want to live for God. I've been wrong. I've I've been, I'm a sinner. I'm guilty. Um, I've not been living for God. I want to turn away from sin. I mean, I don't know what that's all going to entail, but I just know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to offend God anymore. I don't want to go against God. I want to turn to God. And, and so that's all part of repentance. I mean, you know, when a person's sorry for what they've done, you know, and they don't have this flippant attitude, like, you know, well, you know, it doesn't really matter. Matter, or whatever. Um, no, repentance is a work on the inside that the Holy Spirit does as we are convicted of our sin, and 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 it's like you know, uh, you know, sometimes people talk about like I had a I had a come to Jesus moment. Well. Um, you know, if you really did have a come to Jesus moment, I mean, great. Um, what what that looks like, you know, and it has looked like for millions of, of Christians, just like those in the Bible, um, is that you, by God's grace, repent and you believe the good news. Uh, that was Jesus's first sermon in Mark 15, repent and believe the good news. So, so this is this is what happens there at conversion. Um, a person's born again. The concrete foundation is laid. That's justification. And then the Christian life begins, and that will be an imperfect process. Um, And what I mean by that is um, as that house is being constructed by God, because the Bible says it's God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. So just like the Lord laid the foundation through faith, um, he's now going to start to construct that house. Now, of course we cooperate you know by by filling our minds with with the Word of God and with holy thoughts and and with prayer and with obeying God and when we mess up and we let our mind go somewhere else or we we, we don't walk closely with the Lord yes it, it greatly uh, affects the construction of the home um, it can cause great delays in the construction it can it can cause major setbacks uh, you know you, you, you could have a, a major piece of the home that has to you know it wasn't being built properly you know if the Christian wasn't um you know doing something for God's glory or or, you know we could list dozens of examples but the the main point I'm trying to make is that's an imperfect process but but God works with us and he works through us um and that is the Christian life justification is complete and and where people get into trouble son and I'll just leave it there for right now on that where people get into trouble Is when they merge justification and sanctification, when they don't understand and they don't believe that through faith uh, and and through what Jesus did on the cross, they don't believe that's enough to wash away all of my sin. I don't don't have to add to it. I don't have to work for it. I don't have to jump through any hoops or perform any. I mean, God, you know, um, yes, God Calls me, he commands everyone. The Bible says in Acts seventeen thirty, God commands everyone, you know, uh, everywhere to repent. But but um, aside from repenting and believing, which is a work of God in us, God doesn't say, well, now let's let's see how you do here for a week or two or a month or whatever. Or, uh, you know, let, let's uh, let, before we really lay that concrete foundation. And that's what a lot of religions do to people, and it messes them up. And if a and if a person takes James out of context, and you don't read James in the context of the whole New Testament, Son, um, people can end up as messed up uh, spiritually as they were in Galatia. Uh, I mean, a, a person could read the book of Galatians and see how messed up they were getting because they were com- confusing the foundation with the Christian life. They were trying to add to the foundation and you cannot add to that concrete foundation um, that is justification in the life of a Christian. So, so this is a huge, huge uh, issue. It is just, it's the most important thing, uh, you know, for a person. I mean, we, you know, we, we know how much time we can all put in on, on our earthly homes, you know, and. And, you know, buying a home, you know, uh, taking care of our home, um, all, you know, insuring our home. I mean, everything that we do, but but how about, how about our spiritual house? Uh, how about, how about um, our soul, our immortal soul uh, that's going to exist forever in either heaven or hell? And, and I'm just thankful, Son, that um, that believers can know for sure that heaven is their home. The Bible makes that very clear. Even though we mess up, even though we're imperfect, um, we can know uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Now, that doesn't mean every Christian does have that a- assurance. Some struggle with that, but there are ways then that a person can come to be sure. But it's all connected to the foundation. It's all connected to what Jesus did on the cross and not, well, you know, you're, you're doing this good enough. I think God's going to let you in now because, you know, you're, 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 you're being a pretty good Christian now.
0: You know, Dan, the other thing when I think of works versus salvation, I find it first odd that people today looking for the free handouts, so to speak. I mean, you've got people that are being bribed with all kinds of prizes to get the vaccine. You've got people being bribed to go on trips, you know, uh, go to Las Vegas and get a three day, you know, four night stay and then come visit our, you know, resort and See if you like us, you know, and we'll throw in this trip or, you know, there's there's all kinds of things. You're people looking for the free stuff, right? You're looking for the free stuff. You want the free stuff. You don't want to work for things. I know a lot of people nowadays, especially after this uh, pandemic where they've been getting like the free money, the the work relief, pandemic relief money, they don't want to go back to work. I mean, you can drive all over town and see, you know, people hiring, you know, hey, we're hiring, come work for us or restaurants not even being able to open fully because they don't have enough staff because people want that free handout. And so people want something, or they want something for nothing, you know? And so first off, I find it surprising that people have this concept. It's hard to believe when it comes to Christianity, religion, and faith, that you don't have to do anything. You just have to Uh accept Jesus, confess Uh your sins, believe on your heart, and you're saved, and that is it. I mean, it's faith only. You don't have to do anything. And so they're like, no, 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 I need to, I can't understand that. You know, I can't understand that I would get something. I've had people talk to me about it and they can't understand mm-hmm. that god mm-hmm. or a god would give mm-hmm. them something for nothing and i think it's unique to the christian faith too biblical christianity that it's the only right. religion like you mentioned that requires nothing of yeah. us except faith and and then i yeah no, yeah go, no and then i was just going to add, add this and then huh. the other thing so you have that so christianity mm-hmm. is the only faith that allows us to receive something for nothing but then right. two um, it's almost like man has a hard time giving up control of their life and so they're yeah. like okay yeah i need to be in control of my salvation so i have to do something and yeah. in order for me to do something to to you know so i have control because people don't like yeah. to give up control they don't want to give up control yeah. to god and so those two things i think really make it hard one christianity yeah. is the only only religion or the only mm-hmm. you know I guess religion, you can call it, but biblical Christianity is the only yeah. place where you can find right. religion. I mean, uh, something which is salvation for nothing. Yeah. And then two, man yeah. has a hard time giving up their control over to God. And I think they need to create works in order to justify yeah. that. They're a good yeah. person.
1: Yes. And I'll add a third one. So we kind of have a three legged stool there. I think another one that fits right in there and why man is so driven uh, to try to um, work his way to heaven is because of his pride. You know, we by nature are proud. And, and, you know, if you're going to kneel, you know, essentially at the foot of the cross and say, Lord, I'm a, I'm a rotten sinner uh, who doesn't deserve grace. Uh, but, but I believe you suffered and died on the cross for my sins and that you love me and that you will cleanse me and you'll put this white robe of righteousness on my soul um, if I will accept Christ as my savior. Um, that's a humbling thing to do. And I think so. I think that's maybe the third leg of the stool, son, uh, along with the two you just mentioned. But, but man's pride, um, you know, feels he, he he has to earn it, and, and he's good enough. He's good enough for God. And, and what natural man fails to see is that our sin has separated us so far from God. You know, um, it, it would be like, son, um, well, you know, our, our oldest uh, daughter um, and, and her husband uh, just got back probably within the last hour from their honeymoon, and, and, and they were just at the Grand Canyon here a couple of days ago. And, and so I suppose what we could compare it to is this on, I mean, they sent us pictures, you know, and, and uh, I don't know, uh, you know, how many feet down that, that was uh, in some of those photos we saw, but, but here would be the example or the analogy um, getting to God by your own works would be like um, being able to, you know, jump up, uh, from the bottom of the grand Canyon. And I'm not talking about like, you know, I know there's like that one guy that, um, you know, he climbs cliffs, uh, or, or you know, mountains and rocks, you know, solo and, and, uh, yeah, you know, without even a, a rope, I guess. Uh, I mean, so maybe you have, you know, one in hundred million people that can do something like that, but I'm talking about, you know, jumping, let's say from the grand Canyon, which is, you know, a lot deeper than like what, what he was climbing. Um, so there's nobody that's going to be able to do that. But, but that's how far you have to go because, because God is perfect and our sin has separated us. And here's the thing, son, sin doesn't just take a person down to the bottom of a Canyon. I mean, that's just in this life. The, the, the teaching of the Bible is, is that if you die and you're at the bottom of the Canyon, you can go a lot deeper than that. Um, wherever hell is, you know, I mean, there are people who've said, you know, it's in the middle of the earth, but it's in a place. It's in a place, um, you know, and heaven is a place. Uh, it's very hard for us to conceptualize that. But, but, but if you're sitting in the bottom of that canyon, son, um, and you can't get up, um, but, but, but Jesus is offering this lifeline to just bring you up. Out of that canyon of your sin, that's the picture of the gospel. And and that's why the apostle Paul, who had been a very zealous, devout Jew who hated Christians and persecuted Christianity and was hauling Christians off to jail, you know, in prison. This is why Paul could write in Romans 3 that God justifies the man who has faith in Jesus. And he went on to say, for we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law. So observing the law would be like trying to climb up or jump up the Grand Canyon. Um, Paul writes in Romans 5, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. So justified there and and, and, in other passages in the New Testament, um, the verb there for justified is in the past tense. We have been justified through faith. So God reached down and, and he pulled us up um out of that canyon and and he placed us up on a place where we could stand so like uh the uh, the photos and the snapchats and things that um you know that my my daughter and, her, and and mainly my daughter I guess was sending them um there was a railing i was glad to see a the railing there um you know in front of them uh but then out out there was the grand canyon but but they were standing there and that's the picture of the Christian son who has been who has been lifted up out of this canyon of sin, um, and, and now, now that we're standing there, okay, what James is, is addressing when he says faith without works is dead, um, he's saying a so-called faith, a so-called faith. Um, if, you, uh, if you claim to have faith, but you, you don't live for Christ, um, you don't want to live for Christ, you, you're just doing your own thing, um, you know, then, then what James is saying is, is that's not, That's not a relationship with God. So that's why, you know, James two 24 that we, we uh, looked at a moment ago. um, That's why James would use the kind of language he did. And and, and at first blush, it would seem to contradict the hundreds of verses where the Bible is very clear about the the foundation, which I'm calling a concrete foundation. And and as I just read in Romans, you know, the past tense usage of the verb, we have been justified and and where groups get in trouble and, 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 Religious leaders and, and uh, organizations where they get in trouble, son, is, is they tr- when they turn justification into a process, um, they, they, they mistakenly um, believe that you can't really know whether or not you're saved or justified. You won't really know until you stand before God one day. That, son, is false doctrine that is deadly doctrine that keeps a person at the bottom of the grand canyon and it tells people you better obey god down there because if not you're going to go to hell meanwhile it gives you no uh, rope no rescue it doesn't bring you up out of there it doesn't send you know a helicopter down or some someone or something down there to get you it just leaves you down there and that's what the law does it just it just uh, offers commands uh, and, and 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 of course we can't keep those commands perfectly and so the unbeliever remains they at the bottom of the canyon doing religious stuff, trying to be justified, trying to be justified. And if you ask that person, well, um, do, you, do you know whether or not you're going to heaven? They'll, they might say, well, I hope so. Or, or if they were to say, yeah, I think I am. And you ask them, well, why do you think you're going? Well, because I'm a pretty good person. You know, so they don't know the gospel yet. Um, That's not a slam on them. That's just to say, um, they, they have not yet been born again. They don't yet have sanctified reason because if they had that son, then they would be able to say, um, they'd be able to sincerely say, um, I've trusted Jesus as my savior. Notice the, the, the personal pronoun, my my Savior. That, that That's the way, you know, Christians talk because Jesus becomes your Savior. Uh, I believe in his death for my sins. Um, it's not what I do. It's what he did. And that comes on from a person who, like my daughter and her husband, were standing up there looking at the Grand Canyon That's the the picture of a Christian, Um, and that's what Paul meant, that we have been brought into this this grace in which we now stand. Um, We're not there at the bottom of the canyon. We're, We're not heading toward hell. Even when we mess up. You know, God doesn't come to us and say, well, and boy, you better do better tomorrow. You're going to go to hell. No, he's already given us eternal life in heaven, but, but he is certainly calling us to live a holy life. That is certainly part of the Christian uh, life that God has for us. It's never to be something where we just uh, deliberately and intentionally just sin over and over again. That is never. And, and I'll tell you what, sign, you'll never find a If a person is born again and, and they're attempting to live that way for an hour or a day or whatever, um, they're going to be miserable. Because it just doesn't work. You you cannot have one foot in heaven and one foot in hell. Um, it just won't work. Now, you can you can be a Christian who is struggling um, with intensity uh, because of something going on in your life or a temptation or this or that, but you're struggling with it. You're not just giving into it. You're not saying, oh, well, I'll do whatever I want to do because I feel like it. No, the, the, the person who's born again, saved, redeemed, justified, and forgiven um, by God's grace is seeking to live for the Lord. And so that's one of the marks, one of the signs of a person um, as compared to the person who says, well, hey, I I live for sin. Well, a person who lives for sin is not a Christian because that's not what Christians do. We do sin, you know, Um, and at times Christians, I mean, we, we can have... Um, you know, we, we can have terrible struggles with sin and, and Satan, you know, we, there's a bullseye on us, Satan's after us, the world, you know, there's all this temptation. Um, but, but for the believer though, son, um, it is, it is not, uh, we don't have um, the, the right to just run after sin anymore. And and the person who's chasing sin uh, would be a person that the Bible would warn and say, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. So, um, you know, James is an important book. Um, uh, but James, the, you know, especially that verse we looked at or anything in James, it doesn't change the biblical doctrine of justification by faith. It, it James is just approaching what he was trying to compare is a dead faith to a biblical faith. Whereas Paul gives us a systematic explanation in, in book after book. I mean, Paul lays out justification by faith. And so that's the 276 page letter that the girl writes her fiance, um, you know, um, 138,000 words. You know, there are almost 8,000 sentences found in the New Testament. So if somebody cherry picks one verse and tries to say, well, no, this overrules the other verses, well, then they don't understand biblical interpretation at all. And that's just not... I mean, who would do that with a letter? I mean, who in their right mind, if they had a 276 page letter from their fiance with everything about loving and, uh, you know, you're great and everything. And all of a sudden one verse, it sounds like you're saying, wow, maybe you don't love me. I mean, you know, you cannot, you cannot read into that one verse what the 276 uh, pages are, are, um, are counteracting against that with, with, with what the, the message really is that you're supposed to be getting.
0: You know Dan, the other thing that comes to mind you know you mentioned the apple tree producing apples you know the part in the Bible that talks about you know Jesus, I am the vine, you are the branches so yeah. if we are having a christ like faith you know so you talk about works and salvation, so if we are saved, mm-hmm. we are in Christ, so we are kind of have our roots in that vine, and so yeah. therefore that vine is going to give us The stuff that we need to produce the fruits, you know. So if you have a tree, you know, the tree. We're going into as as of this broadcast. We're going into you know winter, fall. A lot of leaves have fallen off the trees. You know, things are going dormant or dying off. But come spring, you're going to start to see the flowers bloom again. You're going to start to see leaves, you know, budding. Right. And you're going to start to see this tree come to life. And so that's what we are. You know, we're dead like winter. When we're not in Christ and we're not saved, and even if we are saved, if we're not in Christ, we're still withering on that vine, like, you know, a grape going to a raisin, but then when we are in Christ, in that vine, and our roots are in the vine, we're Mm -hmm. getting all that stuff that we should be from Jesus, like reading the Bible, that's going to translate yeah. into us wanting to act a certain way, wanting to think yeah. a certain way, wanting to talk a certain way. You know, we're going to start talking Christ-like. We're going to start uh, representing biblical uh, examples and, and things like, you know, like I said, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, and so on. These are going to start right. to emulate from our lives. And because of that, then we're going to want to act accordingly. You know, if we have, yeah. if we have that peace, then we're going to want to be peaceful and create peace with others. If we have love, if we have patience, if we have kindness, Mm -hmm. we're going to start acting those ways. And so, and we're getting that from the vine. And so the branch is now producing the fruit and us being the branch are producing that fruit that works. And that's, I think where it kind of, kind of comes in, it ties in where you can have faith Mm -hmm. and be saved. But then from that, we're going to naturally start to transform our lives to be Christ-like. And then from that, we're going to start acting a certain way, which becomes the works. And then that, I think, is where it ties in, if that makes sense.
1: Oh, it makes total sense, son. And, and, you know, and we also want to um, be sure that we make the point that, you know, a lot of times people think works is like, well – does that mean, you know, um, well, I go down and I, I volunteer at the soup kitchen or I, I help my neighbor, you know, with her groceries I carry me in? I mean, these are wonderful works. I mean, you know, look at all the hospitals and um, homeless shelters and ministries uh, that, that Christians do around the world because they're motivated, just as you just brought out, son, uh, motivated by Christ's love within them. But let's not forget, what about that Christian, let's say, son? who is now an invalid, uh, they're, let's say they're in a hospital bed. Let's say their body is kind of wasting away because of some disease. That uh, And yet inwardly, the Bible says, we're being renewed day by day. So what kind of a fruit might they be producing? Well, the Holy Spirit's working to produce within that individual patient's you know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times over the years, you know, 31 years as a pastor, Son, I mean, I've heard stories of Christians who have gone through very difficult times, maybe very difficult health issue, you know, hospital stays, um, you know. And, of course, there are many Christians who have gone home to heaven as a result of a particular disease or or whatever. Um, I mean, we all, you know, get—, get uh, you know, we're all going to die physically. So, uh, you know, everybody doesn't get healed. Every Christian doesn't get healed physically. But there have been many testimonies of of individuals who have um, just demonstrated incredible uh, Christian love and peace and joy in the midst of a very difficult situation. And so that's every bit as much uh, of the good fruit that, that the Bible says will be in the life of a Christian. And um, and at the same time, son, we, we have these other desires within us um, by, uh, you know, just by nature. We can be impatient rather than patient. We can be unkind, you know, the opposite of, of, of kindness. We can be unloving. Um, we can be very anxious and worried and, and, and fret, fretting, you know, as opposed to um, that peace. that that uh, you know, that the Bible speaks of the fruit of the Holy spirit. So, so there's this, this constant conflict going on. Um, and, and Paul writes about that, how, how, you know, there's this conflict between the spirit and the sinful nature. And, um, and yet as Christians, we are seeking to please the spirit um, because the Holy spirit is living in us through faith in Christ. And the Bible says, you know, the man who, uh, who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. But the one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Now, if you don't understand that verse in the context, you know, you could almost take that verse and say, well, look, you, you kind of earn eternal life by trying to do the right thing. That's not what it's saying. What it's saying is, is, is just the opposite of that in a way. What it's saying is if you're a believer, you will be sowing to please the, the Spirit. If you're not, well, then you're an unbeliever. But, but the way to fix your unbelief, Son, is not then to just jump in to start doing works. That doesn't, it, that, that's not how this thing happens. Um, you have, that's why Jesus said you must be born again. Uh, notice Jesus didn't tell Nicodemus there, the Pharisee in John 3, he didn't say you must do more works. You're not working hard enough. You're not being religious enough. Okay. And, and I'll tell you the one, and we've talked about this one, but where people often get this confused. Um, you know, where, where, where Jesus said, um, you know, some will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not do this? Did we not do that? And, 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 and in your name, we did this. And, and Jesus said, but, but I will say to them, um, depart from me. I never knew you. Now, you know, a lot of times, son, there'll be people who use that almost as a way of trying to, you know, Suggests that well, there are going to be a lot of Christians who won't be making it to heaven. And and let me just let me make this point very, very clear, sign. Every single Christian will go to heaven. And I'm defining that the way the Bible defines that word. Okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not defining it however the world might look at that. I'm not, I'm not defining that as anybody who professes to be a Christian. Every single Christian will go to heaven. Every person who's born again will go to heaven. Notice what Jesus said there he, to, to the evildoers. He said, he didn't say, depart from me, I only knew you for a while. He said, depart from me, I never knew you. So, in other words, these were people, son, who were trying to earn their way to heaven as evidenced by the case that they were making, son. Um, you know, when, when Jesus was, was um, telling them, you know, hey, you know, you're, you're not part of mine. Um, notice what they were doing. They were pointing to their works. But here's what they didn't do, son. Not one of them said, but Lord, didn't we trust in you as our Savior? But Jesus, didn't we rely upon your sacrifice on the cross? No. Because that's not what unbelievers, that's not how unbelievers think, son. Unbelievers and even especially religious unbelievers, you know, people who are doing religious things, but they're, they're not yet born again, justified, redeemed, saved, and forgiven. They don't yet have the concrete foundation. They don't have the Holy Spirit living within them. Um, unbelievers, son, that's all they think to point to because they assume that that's how you get God to accept you. You have to do enough stuff, and if you 're not doing enough, you have to do more and 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 Jesus is going to tell some Christians supposedly people will say, well, you didn 't do enough stuff, but that 's not what the verse says. Um, Jesus was talking to unbelievers there who were trying to justify themselves by their works okay so um it, it was not at all uh, directed at, at Christians. It was directed at unbelievers. Now, that's not to say that that, that any of us as, as Christians don't have issues in our life that need to be addressed and dealt with and corrected and, and that do not please God. I mean, of course, anytime we give in to sin, we're not pleasing God. But here's the thing, Son. If somebody listening today were to get very mad, let's say, and let's say they're in their home or their apartment, okay? And let's just say they were go, to go into their kitchen and they were to take some plates and some cups and, and um, you know, start throwing them at at some of the windows, breaking some windows in their home. Well, I'd be very destructive. I'd be very upsetting. That'd be, you know, cause all sorts of problems. Um, but here's one thing it wouldn't do, son. It wouldn't disturb the foundation. Let's just say it's a house or an apartment, but it would not disturb the foundation. It would be messing up the house. So for the Christian who is sinning, they're messing up their life of sanctification. We've all done that. And and, and so what we need to do is calm down, pray, confess our sins to the Lord. Say, Lord, that was wrong of me to treat the person that way, or that was wrong of me, Lord, to to, to go down that sinful uh, thought pattern, or, or or that type of behavior, whatever, Lord, because that's like throwing dishes at the windows of your home. But you're not destroying the foundation, not if you're a Christian. And 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 what James is basically saying is this: son, is is that there are some people who um, profess to be Christians, but there is no fruit in their life because the Holy Spirit's not in their life. He's not saying you're not doing enough. What he's saying is you're not saved in the first place. So, so it's very, very important that we understand that we don't go from being, being an unbeliever to a believer by working our way into the family. You didn't do that when you were in your mother's womb before you were born. And you didn't do that if you're a Christian. And if you're an unbeliever, that's not how you're going to become a Christian. Here's how you're going to become a Christian, my friend. Humble yourself before the Lord, repent of your sin, ask Jesus to forgive you and to be your Savior, trust in him, and you can become a Christian today. You can become a Christian right now. The foundation can be laid right now. And then you can begin to live for the Lord, not in order to be saved, as millions of people are are doing, and and they're unsaved, but you you will start to live for the Lord because you've already been saved. And that's why I wrote the article about James, their son. That's why the Protestant Reformation happened. That's why Paul, you know, nearly 2,000 years ago wrote what he wrote in his epistles as he was led by the Holy Spirit to do that. Because this issue of justification and sanctification, the foundation in the Christian life, if you get that wrong, you do not get connected to Christ. You do not pass go. You do not collect in this case, eternal life. You remain at the bottom of the canyon, a lost, maybe a very sincere, zealous, religious person. But when the bottom falls out at the bottom of the canyon, there's only one place it's going to go, and that's to hell. And that's why Jesus died on the cross, to rescue us from our sin, from death, from hell, from eternal death. And, and so that's the good news, Son, that you and I are privileged to talk about, you know, here weekly on your podcast, Sanctified Reason. And, and, um, and I just want to encourage anybody listening, you know, um, you know as, as Son has been um, gifted by the Lord to put this podcast together, maybe you know someone maybe you know someone that needs to listen to this very message today that we're talking about. Why not encourage them? Why not send them a link, you know, send them an email, uh, send them a text uh, with this link for this message and say, you know what? You ever thought about this? I, I heard something that hadn't thought about, but I mean, that's why, that's why son is being led to do this. And, and uh, I'll tell you, son, it's just, yeah, it's so great to be able to, um, you know, cover these key, these key issues in the Bible.
0: You know, Dan, when you mention the words that Jesus might say, probably will say to people, I never knew you Two, I think of the most powerful statements that will come at some point will be at the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow and every tongue Mm. will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. doesn't matter if you believe him or not at his name, everybody will bow and confess to him. Then the second thing is like you mentioned, you know, depart from me I never knew you and you're right there's going to be a lot of people that think that and think that I'm saved maybe because of who they're following who whose teachings they're listening to whose sermons they're listening to and those sermons might not be right those pastors those people that they're listening to might be right. off biblically and right. so and so that's why you know when we do this sometimes we hammer home some of the same message over and over. We bring in the foundations. Like you talk about the foundations. You know, we like to talk about the foundations of Christianity, the foundations of biblical Christianity, because that's the only thing that's going to matter. So that when you're in front of Jesus, you do not hear those words depart from me. I never knew you. Instead, you hear the words welcome, enter into the kingdom of heaven and it's important that people understand that you know that that when we're when we're walking the christian walk especially in Mm -hmm. the western world today people are already trying to make the bible fit their lifestyle we see it all the time the bible fit their lifestyle instead of their lifestyle fitting biblical principles and it gets right. diluted. The message gets diluted, watered down. Right. And sometimes it takes just the littlest of things like this works. Yeah. Yes, you can work your way in heaven. And we've seen it in my lifetime, in your lifetime. It's gone yeah. from, your know, biblical Christianity, pastors preaching biblical Christianity, which says Jesus is the only way. And now, like I said, at the start of the podcast, we're seeing surveys, we're seeing polls, we're seeing these young people, the millennials and so forth, whatever yeah. they're being called these days, looking to other things. Yeah, I think works. I can work my way to heaven. Yeah, Jesus yeah. isn't the only way. There's other ways to get there. And that is totally anti-Bible. You can't even like yeah. fudge that you know you can't it's not yeah. like baptism where you can kind of fudge it well i was i was baptized in an infant no you should be an adult right. we take communion from the cup you No, know, we use wafers right. you know that right. is all secondary but when it comes to some of these things like works and mm-hmm. salvation i mean that's the basic yeah. foundation you can't fudge those things and if people no. get it wrong and if the message isn't out there right. clearly there's going to be a lot of people that are going to realize yeah. that they were believing something that was false yeah. all this time and then yeah. at that moment it's going to be too late
1: Exactly, Son. And, you know, as you were sharing that one, one thought that occurred to me, Son, and I hope every listener will really, will really, you know, grasp what I'm about to say here. And that is this, if you're being taught, or you have the assumption that you cannot know whether you're going to go to heaven until you stand before God, let me tell you, my friend, you've been given false information. And I'll tell you why that's so dangerous is because um, what tends to happen when a person has that attitude, is, is, is they're, they're tending to put um, some or much of their confidence or lack thereof in what they're doing. And that's why they don't know. So, my friend, when I, when I read from Romans, and Paul talked about this grace in which we now stand, um, don't believe anyone who says to you, well, that, that would just be arrogant if I thought I was already going to go to heaven. Let me tell you something. It would be arrogant if you were earning it, but you can't earn it. The reason it's not arrogant is because like what Paul said, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And let me just tell you, I'm 100% sure that if I died today, I would go to heaven. Now, if you said, Dan, why it's not, well, I've been a pastor. I've, I've, you know, tried to live for the Lord or I've done this. No, no, I'm 100% sure. Um, And in the words of there's a famous hymn that goes like this. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus blood and righteousness. Do you see what I'm saying, my friend? Do you see how, if you will transfer your trust, it's that simple transfer your trust from yourself, your works, your religion, your efforts, even your faith, okay? Don't, don't obsess on your faith, okay? Trans, look, look to Christ. That is faith. Believe in Christ, rely on him, rely on the payment that he made for you at Calvary there on the cross and, and put all of your confidence there. And let me tell you, um, not only will your sins be instantly forgiven but then God will begin to give you this assurance as you stand on the promises of God. And and then you'll know, you'll know that heaven is your home. Um, There are so many things in this life that we don't have certainty about, but I tell you, you can be certain that heaven is your home. Uh, D.L. Moody, the famous evangelist said, "'Faith is like the root and assurance is like the flower.'" So there've been people I've asked, well, you know, if you were to die today, um, how sure are you that you would go to heaven? And I mean, over the years, I mean, I've asked a lot of people that, and done surveys with, you know, different times. Maybe I've been doing a, a chapel service to the Christian high school or grade school, or mainly high schools, I guess, with that question. Um, but but I'll ask people that, and you know, so I've even had people write it down. I mean, I remember, uh, I you know, when I was first serving as a pastor in St. Louis. Um, you know, some 30 years ago, uh, 31 years ago, uh, I remember I, I did that survey at a, at some, uh, Lutheran high schools there. And, um, I remember that there were all sorts of responses, you know, everywhere from 50% or, you know, 80%. I mean, some hundred percent, but most seem to be less than that. But, but here's the key. The, the, then the key is why Why are you 50% or 80% or a hundred percent? Um, because the second question is even more important. Why? And, and, and here's the thing, the answer for for the Christian answer is, well, um, I'm going to go to heaven because Jesus died for my sins. Okay. That's biblical faith. Now, even if somebody had written down, let's say I'm 80% sure that I'm going, um, that to me does not tell me that, um, well, you know, I don't, this person doesn't appear to be a Christian. No, no. Um, it's the second, it's the second, uh, question that that really, the why, why do you feel uh, or believe that you're going to go? And, and that's where, you know, you get a lot of people that would say things like, well, um, you know, I try to live a good life or I've done this or done that. Or someone say, I I have no idea, you know, but, but, but so my friend, I asked you today, if you were to die today and God were to say to you, why should I let you into heaven? You know, what would you tell him? And, and how sure are you, if you died today that you would, you would go to heaven, be honest in your own heart. And it's not like, well, I, I, I'm 50%. Okay. That's where you're at. You know, uh, you're 50%. Um, But here's the thing. The only way that you're going to be forgiven of your sins is to place your faith in what Jesus did for you on the cross. And, and when that becomes the answer to the why, the, why, why are you going to heaven? Then you are going to be, if you're not already, you know, saved, redeemed, born again, justified, um, and, and redeemed by, by the blood of Jesus. And then that number will that will start to go up. Um, you know, um, but faith is the root assurance is the flower. So if a person says, well, I'm 90% sure of going to heaven. Well, why, why, why do you think you're going to go to heaven? Well, Jesus died for my sins. Well, hey, that's a Christian confession. Now, you and I can't look into anybody's heart, but I have found it quite interesting that, you know, uh, most people don't, they don't even, I mean, unbelievers don't even know the wrong answer to give if they wanted to try to, you know, suggest to you. I mean, I don't think I've ever had an unbeliever say to me. Um, uh, well, because Jesus died for my sins. Or I, I probably had somebody say to me, well, I guess I'm supposed to say because Jesus died for me. But but most people don't even say that. Um, try that sometime. Ask one of your relatives, one of your, uh, yeah, somebody in your family. Just say, hey, do you think you're going to go to heaven? Why? Why or why not? Listen to what they say. and And you'll be amazed at how many people have not been given the gospel, um, the good news. They don't yet believe it because, folks, this is a supernatural message. There needs to be the work of the Holy Spirit. This isn't like math where you can sit down with somebody and show them that four plus four equals eight. You know? this, is, this is a message that only, can only be discerned with the sanctified reason that the Holy Spirit gives through the gospel. And that's why Paul could write that the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of them who believe. This message, um, this, uh, the Greek word there for power is, is, is dynamis, it's uh, the word from which we get dynamite. You know, um, the gospel message is spiritual dynamite. Um, and what's, what's amazing is that dynamite is, is used to explode in some situations, you know, concrete. Well, in this situ- in this case, the spiritual dynamite of the gospel actually lays down concrete in your soul. In essence, well, that foundation, um, when you're saved, redeemed, justified, born again and forgiven by trusting Christ, believing in Christ. So yeah, son, it, it's just so, um, it's such a privilege you know, uh, for us to be able to tell other people how to get to heaven, how to come to God, how to be accepted by God, and, and especially in a world where there are, as we've often talked, so many other messages that, are, that run counter to the gospel and really prevent people from knowing Christ.
0: You know, Dan, the final thing I'll add to this is that, you know, when it comes to salvation and works, it's the Great Commission. You know, when Jesus uh, you know, tells us to go out and to preach, and to disciple, and to spread the gospel. You know, we can't do that unless we have works, unless our works are there. You know, we can't be doing that unless we're displaying the fruits of the Spirit, unless we're emulating biblical principles. So if we were going to go out there and try to, you know, witness to others about Jesus and share our faith and share, you know, the love of Jesus, the salvation of Jesus, we can't do that without works, without producing some sort of fruit, because then... Mm -hmm. People would be like, they think, well, first they think we're crazy, you know, because who is this people, you know, talking about Jesus yeah. and God and salvation, but they're, they're hating yeah. on others. Yeah. They're, you know, being mean, they're doing, yeah. you know, whatever yeah. the case may be, you know, it's just, it's contrary yeah. to, you know, man's thought. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, so yeah. when you talk about, yeah. you know, salvation works, that's another thing. It's like, we're going to be saved at the mm-hmm. moment of, of belief with our faith, yeah. but yeah. then as we do things and then eventually we become mature mm-hmm. enough to share our faith, yeah, our works are going to be produced through that too. So it's going to require us to have works,
1: Yeah, yes. but we're not saved yes, by works. Yes. And, and, and here's something I'll add to that son. It was an article I wrote a number of years ago called Jesus is a believer's justification and sanctification. Here's the, here's something so important. And that is Jesus is our foundation, but it's not like Jesus says, okay, now I saved you. Now you go out and produce good works. Here's what the Bible teaches. Um, walk according to the Holy spirit, you know, follow Christ, follow uh, the Holy spirit's guidance. I mean, these are two of the three persons of the Trinity along with the father. Okay. Um, Jesus will produce the fruit. Okay. The Holy spirit will produce the fruit as well. Um, They, they work together, the Godhead, the three persons of the Trinity. But, but, but my point is this son: we don't have to like, Oh, I got to go out now and bear all this fruit and do all these good works. You know, God will lead you. God will empower you. God will show you what gifts he's given you to do good works. Don't get ahead of yourself. Don't put the cart before the horse. Don't think that, well, Jesus saved you. and Now you're responsible to build the house. No, God will build the house, but it will be important for you to To stay in the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God, reading it every day, praying, gathering with other christians, being part of a of, of a New Testament church is so uh such an important part of uh, of it as well because that's you know that 's where god 's people you know come together to grow together so um Jesus will handle the, he'll build the house my friend he 'll build the house but let me tell you. Um, it's going to take decades if God gives you that long here on Earth. So uh, it's going to be done overnight. And don't be, you know, don't be hard on yourself if, if you end up, you know, uh, messing up here or there. Just realize, okay, now I've I've learned one other thing not to do as a Christian, you know. Uh, so, but he didn't mess up the foundation. Praise the Lord. You know, I, I I brought some chaos into my life, or things went sideways here. Or I I got caught up in this, or whatever. Um, don't let it throw you off the gospel okay God will keep building you know it's just that when we're when we're messing up and we're doing our own thing and we're giving into temptation well there there's nothing good then during that time that's coming from us but God isn't like okay let's start let's get out the jackhammer let's break up that concrete foundation that's not the way God operates you know when he gave you the gift of eternal life it was forever um, but but now he does he does um, expect his children to follow him um, you know there, there's a verse in the Bible that says you you know, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Um, well, what does that mean? Well, Jesus is holy and he's going to live his holiness through you and through me. Uh, but does it mean you have to be perfect um, to go to heaven? Heaven's no. Well, you know, nobody go to heaven then. Uh, what it means is that believers do good works. And that brings the full circle to James. What James is saying is that, you know, faith without works is dead. True. But, but, but then don't jump off into like, oh, I got to do more works to really, really make my faith come alive. That's not how it works. You know, in, in Ephesians, it said God made you alive with Christ, even when you were dead in your transgressions and sins. So it's just like just like when when God created you in the womb of your mother. OK, what were you doing? You You were you were passive. You were just being blessed. You were being created. God did the same thing when he saved your soul. And if he hasn't saved your soul right now, as you're hearing these words, guess what? Um, God is working to deliver you, uh, <laughs> deliver the baby in essence, to have you be born again. How? Believe the good news. Trust the good news. Say, it can't be that easy, Dan. It is. It is. The reason it's so easy to obtain salvation, as Oswald Chambers said, is because it costs God so much. Okay? So just sit back Sit down, believe it, receive it, and then hang on to God's promises and don't let the devil, you know, rob you of your joy and of of the truth. But it will be important to, you know, be part of a church where the Bible is being faithfully and gracefully uh, preached and taught. Um, You don't need legalism. You, you need grace and faithfulness and Christian love, and there are plenty of great churches out there. Um, and if you need any help finding one of those, please reach out to sign, reach out to myself. Um, we'd love to help you get connected to a church in your area, wherever you live, um, because that will be an important part of your spiritual growth and that Christian house that God is going to build on the foundation uh, that's been laid in your life through faith in Jesus Christ.
0: And Dan, where might they be able to get a hold of you at?
1: Uh, I would invite anybody to, to email me at Dan Delzell D-A-N-D-E-L-Z-E-L-L at talks, C-O-X dot net. And I'd be happy to, you know, answer any questions that maybe have um, come to your mind uh, in this discussion today or uh, any assistance we can give you in directing you toward a church and helping you connect to a good church. You know, so, yeah, I'd, I'd welcome any uh, email anytime, Son.
0: And you can find me on Instagram at Eden E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. Or you can um, just, like you said, reach out to Dan and uh, ask him any questions you might have. And he's uh, willing to answer any questions that you might have. Dan, as always, we greatly appreciate your time, your insights, your wisdom. And we look forward to many more conversations as uh, God allows us.
1: Well, thank you so much, Son. It is just such a joy and honor to be able to, to do these podcasts with you. Thank you for all you're doing to, to spread the message of the gospel, um, to help people enter into this, this realm of sanctified reason uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'll look forward to next time as well. And and like I say, there's that uh, that article that's posting on Sunday uh, about how uh, many redefine faith. So, uh, you know, I, I, I see another great topic uh, uh, discussion coming up in, in next week and in the weeks ahead. So...
0: And for those of you listening, hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.